G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Let's turn our attention back to something we've been talking about with some regularity, and that is the what you might call record numbers of Australians who've been taking to the streets in protests, not just in Melbourne, although that's where the biggest protests have been, but in cities and even towns, other parts around Australia. And it draws the question, Christians involved in protest rallies, is this something that we can identify has happened historically? And if it did, what sort of outcomes were there when it came to big issues that people face when there are oppressive laws that make our freedoms disappear? Bill Muhlenberg has been writing and reflecting on these things this past week. One of the articles he's written is called Miracles, People, Power and Freedom. Bill Muhlenberg, welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be back. Bill, uh, two stories. The first one is about the lead-up to the fall of the Berlin Wall. And you've discovered that there were Christians who were a part of protests that led to some of the activity there. Yeah, well, there's quite a few, actually, of these kinds of stories. We all know about the fall of the Berlin Wall, November 1989, I remember where I was and what I was doing at the time, a very momentous event. And, of course, there's plenty of political, economic uh, issues we can raise as to why that happened, Uh, Soviet Union socialism. You know, it just is unsustainable. It wasn't working. The masses were starving. Same in uh, Eastern Europe. Uh, Ronald Reagan, Margaret Thatcher, Pope. Paul II, three strong leaders at the time. Uh, Reagan put cruise missiles in Europe. Uh, All this helped to uh, bring an end to Soviet communism and the fall of the Eastern Europe nations. But something a lot of people may not be aware is just how much Christian involvement there was to all this. Uh, Churches, church leaders standing strong, being a resistance to tyranny. And yeah, so I did write two stories, uh, one just a month before the fall of uh, the Berlin Wall and one a month after. Um, Both are very important. You may have heard some of them here and there, and there's many others like them, but the first one happened in Leipzig, Germany, uh, a month before. There had been large Christian uh, meetings, basically prayer meetings, Uh, started in the early 1980s. They kept getting bigger and bigger. Churches were overflowing. The uh, secret police were keeping an eye on them. And then it really culminated on October 9th, uh, 1989, where some 70,000 people jammed into the uh, town square, and the government actually had some 8,000 troops ready to open fire. But amazingly, in fact, we call it the miracle of Leipzig, uh, the troops didn't 
uh, shoot. Uh, and that was the beginning of the end of the regime. And as we say, a month later, the wall came down in Berlin. And when there are significant historical events like that, it's easy to say there must have been all sorts of other factors. But when you can identify that there were Christians working behind the scenes and that there were deep thinking and biblical thinking about how freedoms might be reclaimed, we can't ignore those, Bill. Well, that's right. And again, there are obviously various factors. We're not saying just one or the other. You did have the political, the geopolitical factors. You did have economic issues, but you had people power and you had God power, uh, which again, I've been writing a lot about our marches here in Australia. Same thing, huge massive, you know, hundreds of thousands of people marching in capital cities for a month solid now. There'll be more on Saturday. Uh, You know, huge people power protests against government overreach, demanding our freedoms back, demanding the end to medical totalitarianism. And, uh, well, it's not just people. A lot of people get angry and crowds can come, but so many Christians, as we've said before, uh, when I march, I see everywhere placards, banners, Bible verses, groups of Christians praying, singing, worshiping. So when you put both together, large crowds who are saying enough is enough, and you get a lot of active, concerned Christians praying and marching along with them, then, wow, yeah, things really do start to happen. So the first story around the fall of the Berlin Wall The second story around the fall of the Nicolae Ceausescu regime in Romania back to the 1980s. How does this one look? Yeah, similar kind of thing. Uh, If it's a bit vague to some, I think most of your listeners at least would be aware of the name uh, Richard Wormbrand, the evangelical leader in Romania who was imprisoned more than once, tortured by the communists for his faith. In fact, he wrote this very famous book, Tortured for Christ. Many of your readers would have read it or should if they haven't. Uh, He was there uh, before the events that I'm describing happened. In fact, he was finally exiled in 64, although he did come back 25 years later, set up the voice of the martyrs ministry and Bucharest to help the persecuted church. But while he was away, other Christians were standing strong. Uh, As you say, Ceausescu, the communist dictator, had made life hell for everybody. They were living a life of luxury, the elites, while the masses were starving, trying to find food any way they could. But uh, one pastor especially, Laszlo Tokes, Uh, from the Hungarian Reformed Church, which, uh, well, Hungary became part of Romania. Uh, He was a very strong, uh, forceful pastor. Again, led prayer meetings, seeking to bring an end to communist rule, seeking for freedom. He was having quite an impact, especially with the students. And when the communists found that young people were being attracted to his church, then they really started to clamp down. Uh, So much so, he was eventually arrested and tortured. But his people stood strong. They surrounded the church when he was taken away. 
and then they moved to the city square. Uh, again, tens of thousands of people, mainly Christians, uh, protesting the arrest of the pastor, but standing for freedom. Now, sadly, the outcome at first didn't quite go the same way as Leipzig. Uh, the troops there did open fire, and sadly, hundreds were mown down, uh, killed, shot right there on the spot, women, children as well. But very soon thereafter, uh, amazing things happened. Ceausescu's regime came to an end. Freedom was proclaimed, and it was the end of that horrible tyranny. Just, like I say, a month after the fall of the Berlin Wall, so Ceausescu was gone, the people were liberated, the churches were free and filled with worshipers. So again, Christians leading the way to stand up for freedom and to stand against tyranny. You know, when we reflect on the bravery that must have taken place in the lead up to the fall of the Berlin Wall or the bravery of those uh, freedom campaigners around the time of the fall of Nikolai Ceausescu, we might turn the focus back onto ourselves in Australia, Bill, and we might say, are there any who are as courageous and as able to bring a Christian focus to some of the things that are developing today in Australia? Well, again, we're seeing uh, globally, certainly in the West, uh, massive marches. We've talked about the Australian marches and many being led by Christians. Again, we've had discussions on this show about brave Christian leaders. You know, Paul Furlong, who spent three weeks in prison uh, because he dared to keep his church open. When I read these accounts of the Eastern Europeans, you know, it's really the same. Uh, when you dared to keep your church open, the authorities responded with heavy-handed, uh, you know, uh, imprisonment. Uh, we've had the same here with some brave Christians standing up the whole idea of those that the government disapproved of being denied basic goods and services where you can, you know, even got hard to find food. Well, again, uh, what are we finding even in Australia where we do have this two-tiered system where certain groups, those that government pronounces unclean, uh, are be, being denied goods and services, the right to travel, to uh, go to various venues, to be educated. All that's being taken away, just like it was back, uh, you know, 70-odd years ago. So we're not certainly anywhere as near as bad as back then, but these things always happen incrementally. They always start with some uh, banishment of freedoms and always get worse. So the model is, again, we have to learn from history. It's happened before. Christians finally stood up and spoke out. Some had to pay with their lives, but many went to prison. Many felt the wrath of the state, lost their jobs. We're seeing similar things beginning to happen today. So I think the lessons are there. We really need to wake up and learn from the past. Bill, not everyone agrees that Christians should be a part of protest movements. But I imagine, uh, reflecting on the two stories that you've been able to tell today, there've been good outcomes from those. No doubt there'll be other times when Christians, in fact, have lost their lives because they've decided to protest. 
What are your thoughts about the sort of courage and bravery that might be required to have your voice known? Because clearly there's a risk associated with that. Yeah, well, there's always a risk when you stand up against an all-too-powerful state, when freedoms are being stripped away. Anybody who cares has to resist to some extent. And yeah, that always comes as a cost, uh, as we said, with uh, the case of the Romanian evangelical leader. We had, um, well, he was not only in prison, but they took away his food rations. So other Christians had to come along and give him, you know, they were starving as well. But they had to help to feed the pastor. Uh, just today I saw in, uh, well, in Germany, now they have supermarkets where they have divisions, fences right down the mi middle of supermarkets. One is for the vaxxed, one is for the unvaxxed, uh, at least while well, the unvaxxed can get some basic foods and provisions. But we know that many, both here in Australia and overseas, who forever whatever reason, have been hesitant about a vaccine, many, many have lost their livelihood. They've lost their jobs. So it comes down to the same thing. How am I going to feed my family? How am I going to get money to feed my wife and children? So just as back then, uh, Christians, even poor Christians, had to help each other out in those tough times, I think today, well, the rubber is going to hit the road again. Uh, as more and more of us lose our jobs, lose our freedoms, we won't be able to depend on the state or even, you know, even talk of welfare benefits being cut off uh, to those who are not vaccinated. We're going to have to depend on our brothers and sisters to help us out. So, and again, that's costly. It's, uh, you know, it's one thing to march in a protest march. It's another thing to donate whatever little income you have to another brother or sister who's worse off than you are. But that's exactly where we're heading. So these stories from the past can really help encourage us as to what real Christianity looks like in difficult times. Even the Christian community is divided over the health benefits of vaccine. But one of the things we can't deny is happening is that there is a demonizing of a minority, and uh, the minority these days is called anti-vaxxers, and they're not necessarily uh, altogether thoroughgoing anti-vaxxers the way they were before the COVID pandemic, because there's a lot of people included in that catch-all phrase now who are concerned about our freedoms. So the likelihood of things progressing here in Australia is something we need to be vigilant about. If you are looking to increase your understanding of how Christians respond in circumstances like this, perhaps Bill's latest article might be one for you. It's called Miracles, People, Power and Freedom. And you can find that at BillMuhlenberg.com or simply Google Culture Watch One Word. Bill, always good getting your insights. Thanks so much for being with us once again today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.